Hi everyone, welcome to Cancer Healing Journey Talks. Myself Sonali Modi from Community Outreach Team of Zenonco.io and Love Heals Cancer. Cancer Healing Journey Talks help cancer survivors and caregivers to share their story with vast number of other caregivers and survivors who have traveled or been traveling to this journey. It can also inspire and motivate them for their faster recovery as well. So firstly, I would like to introduce you to today's speaker, Ms. Cindy Morel. She's a cancer survivor. I'm happy that you're here with us today to share your story. So over to you, please start with the introduction. Thank you so much. Um, thank you for inviting me to this. I was like, ah, I, love, I love it, right? Um, I love sharing my story. So my name is Cindy Morel. Um, I am 30, currently 37 years old. I have two kids. Um, at the age of 30, I was going to be 31. Um, I found a lump right in my breast, which was the scariest thing ever because I thought to myself, it cannot be cancer. I'm too young, right? Yeah. So, and, and I want to, sh- I want to start the introduction with that because it's very important that people understand that you're not too young, right? Mm-hmm. That you have to get checked because I ignored it for, I found the lump in December. I didn't get it checked out into no, into um, April, which was almost the beginning of May it was five months, you know, later. Um, so it's very important, but I am from originally from New York city, right? So it doesn't matter where you're from. This happens to everyone. Right. Yeah. And, and the statistics are even higher now for women. So it's so, so important, um, you know, that, that we know that. So I wanted to start with that. Um, but it's been, it's going to sound crazy, but it's been a beautiful journey because it was scary right it had it had like all of these emotions it was scary um i was scared i didn't know what was gonna happen but i have faith that whatever was the outcome i was gonna come out in the other side that everything was gonna be okay right Mm -hmm. but the process was not beautiful you know but um so i i was i was i i found the lump i didn't get it checked out until a few months later because um, I had lost some weight and then now the lump, like I can see it, right? So that's why I, I share that. Like it's very important if you feel anything in any part of your body that, that's abnormal, you don't feel good to get it checked out. And if they tell you it's nothing, because I was told that it was just probably um, a cyst my first time that I went to check it out. Um, and since it was, it kept growing, I went to it for a second opinion. So it's very mm-hmm. important that if, if you feel you know when something's wrong in your body, go and see another doctor, right? Yes. So um, at that time, it was scary. I was living in, in Florida, in Miami at the time, and my family were in, they were in New York City. So it was, it was something scary to tell them that I had cancer, you know? Mm-hmm. And a lot of family members didn't react um, good. They were scared. Um, some people were distant. So many emotions go... So many things happen and so many emotions happen when when something like this happens to you, right? And you have two choices. You can either see it as the most terrible thing in the world or you can see it as just part of your journey, of of your life journey, right? And I saw it as part of my life journey. Like, this is my story. I'm going to be able to one day help um, a lot of women to just overcome this. Because what happens is, right, I, I had to undergo chemo. My hair fell out. Um, I wasn't worried about that, but until it happens, right? And you have no hair and you're bald, you have no eyebrows. And um, 
and you're tired from all the chemo treatments, you know, and then they tell you, we have to remove your breast. So I got both of my breasts removed. Um, I only had cancer on the left side, um, but I, they did the genetics exam and it turned out that it was a genetic and that's why I got cancer um, at that age, right? Um, this is according to the doctors. Um, so I don't really know who has the gene in my family. Um, so I think it's the BRCA1, but um, even that, like I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, okay, how are we gonna fix this, right? When the doctor said, you have cancer, I'm like, okay, like, and she's like, she told me, she's like, what do you mean? What, are, how we're going to fix this? Are you okay? Like people are normally crying. And I'm like, I'm not going to cry because I knew that it was something. Um, I had stage four cancer at that time. So um, I had to wait. And then the results, what, what the outcome that they wanted were, was very aggressive. Right. So I had to do chemo. They wanted me to do um, um, radiation. They wanted me to remove the breast. They wanted me to do everything. And everybody goes through a different um, a different path, a different journey. Some people don't need to remove their breast. Right. And some people don't need they might just need radiation or they might need chemo. I needed to do all three. I didn't do radiation. I opted. I opted out of it. Um, but I was but it was it was something that they have required me to do. Um, so do you have any questions or do you want me yes. to just keep on? Yeah. Okay. So how many chemotherapy cycles you went through? How many one? Um, chemotherapy chemo? cycles. Yeah. Um, I had it for, I don't remember exactly how many they were, but it was eight months. I do remember the time. Okay. And if, yeah, in which year you got diagnosed? Um, in 2015, 15. Okay. Yeah. Cause I found the lump in 2014. And it was in 2015. So on June, I remember the day. It was June 12, 2015. I'm never going to forget the day, right? That I was um, told that I had breast cancer. Okay. And then I had my, my mastectomy in um, February of 2016. Because mm -hmm. I finished chemo January of 2016. So it was, it was eight months of chemo. Okay. And did you try any alternative treatment? So I, can I speak freely here? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so my, my, my family are from the Caribbean. So when I, when I was diagnosed, my dad um, lives in the Dominican Republic. Um, he told me about, I don't know how you guys call it, but we call it guanabana. And in English it's called sour soup, um, sour soup, sour soup, something like that. It's a fruit. Okay. It's a fruit. Um, so they told me about the fruit. So they made in Florida, I was able to get the fruit. It's, it's a very difficult fruit to get by. Um, and mm -hmm. it's not in season all the time. So that, that season, um, that I was able to get the fruit. I would, I would take it every day. Um, the leaf to that fruit. Right. And I honestly, I know disclaimer, disclaimer, I am not a doctor, but just personally for myself, what I did, um, once I started taking this, these things, the following month, when I went to the doctor to, to um, check on the size, um, it was shrinking. And I had just undergone one chemo. So when I went to the doctor, like in my mind, my doctor's like, oh, the chemo is working. But in my heart, I said, no, I think it's, it's 
the fruit. Like meat, I, I feel like whatever you do with faith is going to work, right? So, um, and it just kept shrinking, shrinking, shrinking. I still went through with the chemotherapy because I had already started and I, and I was like, you know, I'm not a professional, but I still did my natural stuff, my holistic stuff. There was also, um, I don't remember what were the ingredients, anything that everybody told me to do that was natural, I did. So, um, my mom had told me about, um, a drink. She actually came to Florida and made it for me. It was like molasses with some other with aloe the plant the aloe plant and some other ingredients right mm -hmm. and i would and i would um take that too so that's why like i honestly feel that everything was a combination you know i am not i i don't really like um medicine in the in the sense of i believe that there's other natural ways that you can do things right mm -hmm. so at the time because i know my my cancer was very aggressive um, it was being fed by my estrogen. And as a woman, you cannot like just remove the estrogen from your body. It's, it's something natural, but that's actually what was feeding the cancer. So, um, you know, so at that time, anything that, that was natural, but I will, but that's one of the things that I was doing. And I feel honestly, that helps a lot. Whenever, um, someone is diagnosed with cancer, they ask me like, what should I drink? What should I eat? And I tell them, Definitely try to get your hands on some of that. It's a very difficult food to get a hand on, especially yeah. here in the States. Mm -hmm. And it's very expensive. I mm -hmm. found one the other day um, and it was like $50 a pound for the fruit. It was crazy. And I remember when I lived in New York City, um, I had bought one and it cost me like $40. It was a small one. And when I opened it, it was rotten. And I couldn't return it. So it's, it's, if, you know, if you're able to get it or whoever's listening to this is very, um, this sour, sour soup. Let me see how it's called in, in, in English, because I want to tell you, I know in Spanish it's called guanabana. Um, okay. Sour soup. That's what it's called. Let me see if, if I can show you the other fruit looks oh it's not coming up and you guys probably have another name for it too yeah so in that's India, it must be calling something different something different right okay look this yeah. is the fruit hold on. are you able to see it um let me see hold on oh we don't get this fruit in india yeah it's it's sour soap sour soap okay, but sour yeah, soap. i know that because of the lighting it's really bad yeah. to see it um uh, but yeah so that's what i did <laughs> yes so how did you manage your emo emotional well-being during those times um emotionally yeah okay um before i was diagnosed with cancer i was already um like listening to like videos motivational videos that would say like, you can do it. Um, I will listen to this one video all the time. This was before like all of this happened. Um, I was working on my mindset. Like I was working on, on, on becoming, changing how I was thinking, becoming stronger. So I was already listening to these things. But there was this one video that I would listen to and he would say, 
um, you know, whatever your diagnostics is, 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 is not the final result. And that always stood in my mind. Like, it doesn't matter what the doctors say, that, that doesn't, that doesn't just, that, that's not your end result. So for me, I feel like every time that I would feel down, because there was moments where I would feel tired, where I felt like my life was falling apart. I had a very good job in Florida. Um, I had to move to New York and I had to undergo this treatment and, and life changed, right? Um, physically, emotionally, I was gaining a lot of weight because of the steroids. So I was feeling really sad mm. about that because I didn't feel good. I didn't have the same energy that I had before, but I always had that in mind and I journaled a lot. So whenever I would feel down, I would write, I would read books. Um, so that helped me a lot. And also to be around um, my loved ones, you know, that genuinely like loved me, it made me feel good. So being around them, um, getting together with my family, it would make me forget like that I'm going through this, you know? Yeah. So that's how, that's how um, I dealt with it. But after everything was done, I went into a depression um, for about a year and a half to two years. I was depressed after I beat cancer, after the mastectomy. Um, I didn't like my, my body, um, the scars, you know, um, the, the reconstruction process was really long um, and it still didn't look good. So I felt like, um, a part of me was like taken and and I felt like, who am I anymore? Like, who am I? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I don't look the same. I don't feel the same. Um, I was grateful to be alive, but I just, I felt, I felt lost. Um, and then there was part of me that um, we went to, we have a breast cancer walk um, in New York every year. And I remember um, in 2017, I went to the breast cancer walk. And so this is a year like after my mastectomy. And when I was walking, um, they, I happened to get there at the same time where like um, they were holding the banner to start mm. the walk. And um, the lady's like, oh, you're a survivor, come walk. And, and I was like, oh, okay. So when I walked, I walked with all these survivors and then I looked back, there's thousands and thousands of people there. And then, and then I'm like, why is it only us? And, um, and not like more people like, you know, walking with us. And this one woman said, a lot of the people here are walking because their family member is no longer here. And that really like hit me because I, I was like, Oh my God, like, why did I survive, right? Why didn't all these thousands of people, their family members, why couldn't they get through it? Why did I have to, like, I was feeling ungrateful and I was feeling like it's not fair or guilty, mm -hmm. right? So, and I didn't realize that until after some time, I was just, that I was really sad. I was really depressed. Um, I didn't really want to do anything, um, you know, and to get, and I have two kids. So they helped me a little bit to get out of it because people I didn't share with the, with my family members that I was sad. So even though I was sad, I would just smile. Oh, everything is great. 
but it wasn't great, you know. So it it was it's I feel like it's it's a a roller coaster ride that you go through. And speaking to other um cancer survivors, not just breast cancer, but like cancer survivors, um, I realized that it's something that a lot of people handle differently, right? A a, a lot of people handle differently. I know one woman um that's kind of going through the same thing that I was going through, you know, that she was feeling um sad after the fact. So I feel like emotionally, if you look at the overall aspect of it, I handled it well, um, but it did have really dark moments. So who was your biggest support system during those times? I get so emotional talking about it. Um, it was one of my aunts, okay. right? Um, I get really emotional thinking about it because when when this happened i thought it would be my mother that would be there but god had another plan and um i remember calling my aunt my aunt calling me and she's like you know you're not the first person and you're not gonna be the last person to go through this but she said but you are strong and she said god knows that and that's why you're going through this right and um i remember her words but when i went to new york she went to every doctor's appointment every chemo treatment every surgery like every single like thing she was there and even though it happened so long ago i get emotional thinking about it because sometimes the person that you think the least that is going to be there for you is the person that's there the for you. The major important part in your life. Uh, I have also felt many a times, yeah. Yeah, yeah. is the person that is the person that's going to be there for you the most. And so to this day, you know, because after cancer, I was mad. Like, I was like, why wasn't my mother there? Like, she's supposed to be there, you know? Um, and I was so focused on that. So I helped resentment towards her. And then I realized that I'm like, it's not, it's who I think that was supposed to be there, but I wasn't alone. You know, um, I had my aunt there the whole entire time. Like I had a lot of doctors, a lot. Um, and I had a lot of surgeries because of the reconstruction and I had to remove my ovaries, um, because of the genetics. Hmm. So, um, so if she couldn't be there because she had like her own medical things that she, she always made sure somebody was there, but mm. for the most part, she was there. She was definitely my biggest supporter. Yes. So what were the things that helped you and made you happy on this journey? Um, changing how I saw life. Right. Um, I remember like before cancer, it was just work, 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 work. Everything I did was like work. I had to work because I have to support my kids. Um, I had to work because this. And then um, I was working at a company and I was um, second in command. So it was the owner of the company and then it was me. So mm -hmm. everything kind of fell upon me. So um, I really like that was my whole life work. So during this journey, during the journey, 
um, I realized I'm like, I'm not enjoying life. I'm not enjoying my family. I'm not doing things that make me happy because I'm so focused just on this one thing, mm. you know, on just work. Like everything else, yes, I have my kids and stuff, but my main focus in life was work. So during this journey, I started to see life differently. I started to appreciate life. And it, and they started, you know, people would be like, I don't understand why you're saying those things, right? Because they're like, you're too positive. But the reality is that I feel like when you go through a journey like this, um, you you there's two outcomes. You can either turn out better or turn out worse, right? And mm-hmm. I, I decided to turn out better. Um because you take life for granted and i feel like i took life for granted and then at this point i don't live my life taking it for granted i i I enjoy every moment um i enjoy my family i don't stress i don't make work my main thing because at the end of the day look what happened with with the pandemic right we had jobs and then everything just got upside down because we make it so much our priority so I, I would say like you know the, the happiest thing was learning how to live learning how to see um the beautiful things in in life that we really have you know um I remember before I used to be like I don't have time to go for a walk I like I like nature I like walk I don't have time to go for a walk you know and then afterwards I decided to make time for the things that brought peace to me, um, to surround myself with people that would help me to grow, to become better, that make me happy, um, you know, and the people that didn't, um, they're not, they're no longer in my life. So mm-hmm. I feel like my mindset changing the way that I see life um, was the biggest thing for me. Yes. So how you felt when you first heard that you are cancer free? um i don't know i i feel like i i felt that it was gonna happen i I felt like it was kind of like a journey and then Mm -hmm. i felt like it was at the end you know like it's kind of you're you're going through a marathon and you're like at the finish line so you're like yeah i did it you know um that's kind of how i felt you know that that Mm -hmm. that was like oh yeah i did it like I went through all that. Okay, I had to go through that. Now, now we're done, you know. Yeah. So, you know, there are times when you feel that it's too much to handle, but you still don't give up. So, what was the one thing that motivated you and kept you going on such days? My kids. My kids. Because yeah. I wanted, I said, I want to see them grow. They were small at the time. They were um, 11 and... 11 and 9 um so i thought of okay i had to be strong for them because i want to be here to see them grow up i want to see them graduate i want to see them get married i want to see them have kids right (laughs) so i always i would think of those things when i when i wanted to give up i'm like no i have two reasons to live for not one two so and did you make any lifestyle changes during or after the treatment um yeah i did make a lot of lifestyle um life um style changes um when it came to the eating 
Um, I started to eat better. I was already like in a journey because I had lost 30 pounds before. Um, but I maintained it. So it's still eating healthy, drinking water, drinking tea, um, eliminated soda from my life. Um, once in a while, I'll have a little sip of, literally a little sip of soda, but, um, but no, even like, like with the alcohol, um, used to go out with my friends and drink alcohol all the time. And I'm like, oh, I don't need alcohol to have a good time. Um, so I made a lot of life lifestyle changes, um, consistent with the workouts. Cause I would like work out once and then I wouldn't work out for three months. So now I work out three to five times a week. And do you think that cancer has changed you in a positive way? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, before cancer, I was selfish. I only care about myself. I, I honestly, like, everybody, everybody that know, like, knows me from then to now, they're like, you're a total different person. Because um, I didn't care about no, I didn't care about nothing, nobody, just me, 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 right? And then um, I feel like after cancer, I started to appreciate people. I started to appreciate things. Um, it's funny, but I was talking about this yesterday in my Instagram, how it was so important, um, the looks, right? Like looking so good and spending so much money on a look to go to an event to impress people that you don't even know they're going to criticize you anyway, anyways, right? And now mm-hmm. it's more simple. Like, this is what I'm going to wear. And I don't care if you like it, I like it, you know? Yeah. So it, I, it definitely changed my mindset a lot in a positive way. Yes. And what life lessons you got from your cancer journey? Life lessons? Yeah. Okay, a few. Um, number one, um, not everybody is really your friend friend um when you're going through the hardest moments in your life right you're gonna know who's really there for you Mm -hmm. and who's not and um so that was that was one um number two is everything is no problem everything is no everything is no problem there's always a solution to something right mm-hmm. there's a problem there's a solution um and i would say this because i would be like oh my god if something didn't go i would go crazy and i would focus so much on the problem that i couldn't find the solution because i was focusing on the problem instead of the solution so that would be number two and then number three is um don't take don't leave for tomorrow what you could get done today because we have this fake um, notion that we have tomorrow, we have the future, we have, I'm going to give this person that I love a call tomorrow, next year, next month, or I'm going to accomplish this goal next year, next month, or no, we have today, we have now. So like do it now, because tomorrow is not promised. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, so just do it now. Um, Mm. And then number four is, I reevaluated my values in life, the things that were important. Before cancer, work was important. Work, money was important, material things, those things were important to me. Um, mm-hmm. And then after cancer, it's family. 
the time that I get to spend with them, the memories that I get to build, um, and providing value to other people also, to other people's life. Like how it feels good to make somebody else feel good. That makes sense? Yes. Yeah. And Definitely. have you ever asked yourself this question, why me? Why I have got cancer? And if yes, then how you cope up with this thought? I never asked myself that. It's so funny because my aunt that I was telling you about, I remember her telling me one time, why you? Why you? Like, why not? Because I have um, my mom and then they have four, she has four sisters. She goes, why not any of us? Why it had to be you? Like, she's like, I don't understand. And I said, I never said that. I said, I never asked myself that. So I said, don't say that, you know? Um, and I don't know why I, I never asked myself that, but I always felt, even from the moment that I felt the lump, that I had, that this was just part of my life, that this was part of my journey and that there was a reason why I had to go through this because through this journey, I have been able to impact thousands of lives. Yes. You know, people like directly impact that, that I have come across and they're like, you changed my life because of your story or um, that are going through something similar and they're able to overcome it because they're like, oh my God, if she can do it, then I can do it. You know, so, so I've never asked myself, not then, not now, and maybe not in the future, why me? So what would be a message to other cancer patients and caregivers? If you believe that you can survive this, then you mm -hmm. will. But you have to believe it in here and in here. Mm -hmm. But if you don't believe it, that you can survive and you let this, this cancer um, be bigger than you, then it will. And, mm -hmm. and I believe that I'm a strong believer that when it comes to cancer, you, the person, you have to believe that you can fight it mm -hmm. before it happens. Because it doesn't matter how many treatments you do, if you in your heart don't believe that you can fight this, then, then your body doesn't react to it. Your mind, your heart is the most powerful, like I think medicine ever. So you, for somebody, if you're going through this at this moment, believe that you can get through it. If you're going through a moment where you just don't see how, right? Find ways to help you believe, whether it's through video, whether it's through reading, whether it's through writing, um, I read a lot of books that helped me, you know, um, just to get through things emotionally because you have your hard times, right? Um, and also, uh, and I would say this because when, I just wanna share this last thing. When I was, when I was diagnosed, I had to change doctors. And I remember going to this doctor, an oncologist in Florida. And he said to me, this is exactly what he said to me. I'm never going to forget. He said, um, we're going to do chemo and then we're going to do a mastectomy and then we're going to do radiation. And we're and I hope that this helps to, um, to survive, to, I, that this helps you to survive, like, like to get over it. And I said, what you hope, you know, um, his, what, what he said to me 
I took it as you don't believe that I can get through this, right? So I said, you shouldn't talk to your patients like that. I'm not telling you to give people false hope, but the way that you spoke to me, if I was somebody who whose mindset was weak, I would have not felt like I could go through this, you know? Mm. So because a doctor tells you, you know, there's nothing we can do, don't believe it. Because your body, your body's gonna react to what you believe, to to your mm. faith. So, you know, um, no medicine in the world is gonna cure you if you don't feel like that you can get better. So definitely that would be it. So, you know, it is said that art or any creative thing works as healing. So have you tried any such thing during your journey? Any creative work or any art? Anyone? Any creative I, I, thing you tried? Creative things? Yeah. Um, no, I keep saying I'm going to write a book about it, about the journey. Um, and I haven't started yet. I do keep a journal. I actually have one here because I write every morning um, and I have like six, six of them, seven of them, um, you know, just writing. But what I have been focusing on is helping people to get healthier because mm -hmm. I do believe. Um, so I, I host these challenges, um, you know, on on weight loss and nutrition and just working on on how learning how to eat better. Like that's been my main thing, like teaching people how to eat better. Because I do believe, this is my personal opinion, that any disease or cancers or stuff, it starts with, with how we treat our body. And then when we're eating bad things or things that are not healthy and don't make us feel good, we're, we're putting harm into our body, right? So it's basically like we are what we eat. So my main like, focus has been since then is really helping people to eat better to understand that um, everything is in everything is in correlation with everything. If you're eating bad, you're gaining weight, you don't feel good, you don't have energy. So then if you start eating, if you start eating better, exercising, you start feeling better, you start looking good, you have more energy, like it's a it's a process. So that has been my main thing, right? And I know um you focus on holistic, correct? yeah and that and that's like a big a big part of it you know that a lot of times people don't understand that it's it's important you know what we feed our body but also what we feed our mind right because if you're listening to constantly listening to negative things you're gonna have a negative outcome yes so how did you overcome your fear of treatment or side effects um I never really had a fear. This is, and I think in part, it was because I remember um, when I first was, when I, before I started chemotherapy, um, because I was young, um, they were really, I felt like because I was young, a lot of the nurses were really nice to me. Um, but I remember before I started chemotherapy, one nurse said to me, she said, um, the difference between you surviving and you're not surviving is going to be up to you. Hmm. And I said, what? Uh, that's, that's not possible. And she said, yes, because of this, because of your mind. So I never had, I never allowed fear to creep in 
you know, and I speak to people and they're like, oh, but how do you do it? And I'm like, I don't know how to teach it. I know, I don't know how to teach you not to have that fear, but I feel that what, that's why I feel like what you put in your mind is very powerful. And the reason why I never had that fear is because of what she told me, that nurse told me when she said that I would be responsible and that it would be only be up to me whether I would survive or not because I had to keep my mind strong, she said, yeah. right? And um, not my body, not nothing. She said, your mind strong. So that's why I, I didn't focus on it. I still kept working. I used to go get my chemotherapy on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would go to work on Monday morning. Then I would go to chemo at 12. Then after I would go home sleep, I would take the next day off. And then on Wednesday, I, were back, I was back at work. Hmm. so I didn't I didn't yeah I didn't let it stop me like I just I'm like okay we're we're gonna continue to live as much as we can um and I would still work out you know still go to the gym until my doctor told me because you know your bones become your your body gets weak Hmm. um until my body my doctor said you have to be careful because you don't want to get hurt you know, your, your body is not as strong as, as, as it was before. So, but that's how I, 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 I didn't allow fear in. Yes. So when, when there's, you, uh, uh-huh, go ahead. When there's fear, there can be hope or there can be faith. Hmm. So you have to decide which one are you going to allow in your, in your mind, fear mm-hmm. or belief. So I, I chose belief. Hmm. yeah so when did you think that i can beat this disease or was this belief always there with you it was there it was there from the beginning Hmm. um it was there from i remember sitting i'm telling you i know the dates it was june 12 2015 uh it was 11 o'clock in the morning right when the doctor said um you have stage four breast cancer and I remember thinking the first thought was, oh, my God, how am I going to tell my mother? Mm-hmm. She's going to go crazy. Right. Um, <laughs> and then the second thought was, um, all right, we're going to get through this. You know, like that's why my, my response to her was like, OK, so what's next? Like, what do we have to do to get this thing out of my body? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and uh, did you join any support group? And what do you think are the importance of such support groups? I didn't enjoy, I didn't join any support group. Um, if I did it all over again, I probably would. Um, because I have created a community with a group of people for, um, for the journey of weight loss, of, of getting healthier and fitness. And I see what it's done for them. So... Mm-hmm. So I feel like even when it comes to cancer, when it comes to cancer, if you have people, because sometimes we feel that we have no one, right? Hmm. And I realized that the reason why I didn't join a support group is because I already had one, my family, you know, but there are some people that don't have that, that, so they should definitely look for a support group within people that are going through, you know, similar situations. The reason why I didn't look for a support group is because I didn't want to think of myself as a cancer patient. Hmm. 
So my thing was like, this is my support group. This is my family. We will still do activities together. We will still go out. We will still like do like different things. And that's what kept me strong and, and you know. Yes. So what do you think are the stigmas attached to cancer and the importance of awareness for it? There's so many of them. Um, I do feel that there's two things. This is, and they're going to contradict themselves. Mm -hmm. But um, I do feel that we personally bring um, cancer to our to ourselves, right? With our thoughts. Because for a long time, I felt guilty of something that had happened um, in the past. And... Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's that's sort of like what like what brought that into my life. But I also feel that food, the food that we eat, um, you know, brings also cancer, you know, to to the body um, because we're feeding it all these all these chemicals, all these things that eventually our cells are going to give up. So I do feel that, again, that it's the, the mind and it's also you know, the body, like, what are we, what are we putting inside our body? Um, what was the other question? Yeah. What do you think are the importance uh, of awareness for these stigmas? So I think it's very, is very important that people become more um, conscious, like emotionally intelligent in the sense of understanding um, the way they're, the way they think, the way how they think can affect their body. Um, mm. The way that how they eat can affect their bodies, right? Mm. Um, because I know we're, we're, our main focus is cancer, but diabetes, high blood pressure, all of these things, are, they come from, from what we're feeding our body. So it's, it's many d diseases. Um, but, but being aware of that is important. And then the second thing is not ignoring the signs. You know, um, I didn't want to accept that lump. I was like, no, I'm going to ignore it and it's going to go away. Do not ignore it. It's very important to, to touch your body, every part of your body, because cancer can happen anywhere. Um, mm. And if you don't, and if you don't feel good, don't diagnose yourself. <laughs> go to a doctor, you know, and get a second. And it's okay to get a second opinion. Uh, before I did the treatment, I went for a second opinion because mm -hmm. I wanted to know what that doctor um, thought if I should, should because I didn't want to do chemotherapy. Um, you know, and that doctor also told me I, I recommend you do chemotherapy um, because the cancer was, it was, um, I think it was one centimeter. So it was, it was big. It was bigger than, than normal. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so so that's why it's important. I feel that you know to be aware um, of the different things you know that can happen within your body. Your body tells you when something is wrong. Mm. Don't, so, so it's very important that we don't ignore it. Yes. So if you have to sum up your journey in one sentence, then what would that be? I never thought of that. Okay. Mm my journey cancer has been the most beautiful experience that i have gone through that yeah. would that would definitely be it that would definitely be it 
because even yeah. though there were so many different moments, it was a it was a beautiful experience. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so, bad, but it was. <laughs> so at Zen Oncology, we help cancer patients like throughout the treatment from diagnosis to forever. So what do you think about our work? The the complications of treatment. Yes. What do you think about uh, the work that Zenonco does? The what? The work that Zenonco.io does. What do you think about our work? Any opinion, any suggestion you want to give? No. Because I feel like uh, everybody's different. Right? Everybody. Uh, um, thank God I reacted uh, well, meaning to, to the treatment. But I've known people that, um, one thing I would say is this, before cancer, before chemo, I'm not going to say cancer, before chemotherapy, I was sharp with my mind, um, talking, processing, um, reading. After, after chemotherapy, and I didn't realize this until recently, um, when I was talking to other people that had chemotherapy, um, I read a book and then I forget. I forget, like my memory is not the same. So I'll read, I'll read the book and I'll forget the name of the book. I'll forget some parts of the books. Um, so, and then even when I speak, articulate, um, it's in a slower process, you mm -hmm. know? And, and I thought it was just me. I was like, oh, maybe that's what, maybe that was the consequences of, of chemotherapy. Um, and then I remember speaking to two different cancer survivors and they said, you know, me too. And I said, okay, I'm not alone. So this is something that happens when you undergo chemo because, um, I thought I was fine, you know, afterwards, but it wasn't, it was not the same. So I definitely think in my opinion that it kills your brain cells too. <laughs> when they're there trying to kill the, the cancer cells. So thank you so much for your valuable time, Cindy. I thank hope this session really motivates people out there who have been traveling or been traveled to this journey. So it was lovely having you here today with us on this session. And once again, thank you so much. Thank you.